Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Scoopy Radio in your airwaves, on the plane, on the train, from the east to the west, to the midwest, to the south, everywhere you need to be. I am Brandon Scoopy Robinson, host of the Scoopy Radio podcast who last year garnered 3.5 million streams on all platforms, available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, TuneIn app, Stitcher app, or simply by visiting scoopbradio.com. Anybody from Jamal Crawford to Charles Barkley to the voice of Siri to DJ Khaled and everywhere in between, we have you covered. And on the line right now is my brother on the West Coast, none other than my main man, Nick Hamilton, host of the morning after with Nick Hampton through the Good News Media Network. He's a sports and entertainment personality through Nightfall Media and iHeartMedia. Nick, welcome to Scoopy Radio. Hey, man, thanks for having me, man. Long time no hear from, right? Yeah, like a week, right? Less than a week, two <laughs> days, three days. <laughs> it was all good just a week ago. There you go. There you go. There you go. Nick uh, had me on the morning after with Nick Hamilton. Over the last weekend, and we talked Jamal Crawford, we talked Carmelo Anthony. Brother, how cool is it that Carmelo Anthony is in the NBA again? Man, it was great. It was great to watch him on Tuesday night making his debut in Portland. Uh, I was happy for him. It's been a long time coming, really long overdue. And I have to credit you for being one of the, the main catalysts for getting Carmelo Anthony, or at least helping him get back into the NBA and drumming up enough buzz for him to get back into the NBA because – he deserved it. I mean, he still has something left in the tank. He showed it last night, uh, even though the Portland Trailblazers lost on, on Tuesday night. Listen, he showed what he still has. I think he's only going to get better as he continues to understand that offense up there and uh, continue to play alongside his teammates like Damian Lillard and C.J. McCullough. For sure, as you mentioned earlier, uh, Carmelo Anthony uh, returned uh, Tuesday night and the uh, Blazers' loss. Uh, against the New Orleans Pelicans. Uh, Carmelo Anthony has averages of 24.6.5 rebounds, three assists, and 1.02 steals, and 1,000, over 1,000 games, we'll just say. Uh, he's wearing number double zero. And, uh, you know, there was a struggle. Uh, it, it just seemed like he was a little rusty, uh, and that rust will wear off as time goes on. 
Yeah, that's about a year and a half worth of rust, man. That's a lot of rust to have to shower off in one in one shower take. I mean, it's gonna take multiple showers to get that kind of rust off. <laughs> and I think you know, as as I said, the more he plays, the more he ingratiates himself into the offense, uh, he'll get better. I mean, like I said, Carmelo's a professional. He's one of the best offensive athletes we've seen in a long time. Um, you know, it seemed like he hadn't really lost a step too much, uh, mm-hmm. especially when he got going. When he, when he really, really found his rhythm is when you saw, okay, these are traces of the old Carmelo Anthony uh, of, of old. So I wish him the best. I hope he continues to do well. Um, but, uh, you know, he has he has an uphill battle. But I think if he continues to adapt the Dwight Howard mentality as far as, hey, whatever I can do to better this team, whatever role I have to play, then he'll continue to be successful and still remain on the roster past January where he can go get paid. <laughs> Boy, man, gets paid. If he if he lasts until January 7th, his contract will be guaranteed. And you all have been paying attention to the news. Uh, the podcast drops on Thursday. We are recording Wednesday. Uh, Pau Gasol, former Laker, uh, was waived, and it's likely that he will stay on as an assistant coach uh, with the Portland Trailblazers. They're waiting for Damian Lillard to get back. Zach Collins is a guy who's been hurt. And, um, you know, Hassan Whiteside has been consistent uh, this season. Uh, C.J. McCollum is a guy that, uh, along with Damian Lillard, will be able to make some things happen. But uh, you, you, I, you're an L.A. guy. Uh, you have had the privilege uh, of covering both the Lakers and the Clippers and Staples. I tease you. I said the Likers. You cover the Likers and the Clippers. <laughs> What's it been like uh, seeing both co-tenants of Staples Center play basketball? I know it's a LA LA guy's dream. Uh, you know what, man? It's been a tale of two teams. I mean, really, and I say that uh, because I didn't expect the Lakers to really come about this soon. I expected them to be take maybe twenty, twenty-five games to kind of jail because these most of these guys have not played together before. Uh, so you, you question the chemistry, how long it was going to take for these guys to develop chemistry. We know the, the health concerns that have transpired between Kyle Kuzma and now you got Avery Bradley. Um, so I wondered how long it was going to take for the Lakers to jail. Um, and they seem to be finding their rhythm and found their way. I mean, they're the best team in the NBA right now, sitting at 12-2. and two, And by, after, well, by Thursday, uh, they may be 13-2. and two, uh, if they defeat the OKC Thunder in Oklahoma City. So the Lakers have, have actually been playing really well. Anthony Davis has been playing extremely well. He missed one game due to injury, which they really didn't need him against us. Well, no, it was against the Santa Clara Warriors. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're yeah. right. Mm-hmm. Against the G League team. So they didn't really need him. Uh, <laughs> but LeBron has been playing out of his mind. He's still the top dog. He is still the best player in the NBA and I say that because Kevin Durant is injured this season and won't be playing. Uh, and LeBron is making up for lost times, as it were, when he had an early exit last year uh, with the Lakers in April instead of going to the playoffs. So I think he's he's more than well-rested mentally, physically, emotionally. He's showing it. Uh, he's he, he had a record on Tuesday night that he scored a triple-double against every single team in the NBA, uh, which is a major accomplishment. So props out to LeBron James. Uh, for just the dedication, the hard work that he puts into his game. It shows it's paying off, and hopefully it will continue to pay off. My only concern about the Lakers is I want to make sure they're not peaking too soon because Mm -hmm. it is a very long season. Um, It is an extremely grueling season. I know Commissioner uh, Adam Silver has done a great job trying to space out a lot of those back-to-backs and those four games and five-night type of deals 
to try to give the players more rest, especially when they have to travel. That's why the season started a couple of weeks earlier than normal, uh, which was brilliant by him. Uh, but it's still a long, grueling season nonetheless. So they have to kind of pace themselves. And, yeah, they look great now. And then they're going to go through some, some stretches where they're going to go on some losing streaks because that's just the ebbs and flows of how the NBA works. Uh, when I look at the other – when I go across the hall and look at the Los Angeles Clippers, uh, finally on Wednesday night against the Boston Celtics, Kawhi Leonard is scheduled to play alongside Paul George and Patrick Beverly for the first time this season as a member of the Los Angeles Clippers. So we'll get a chance to kind of see, at least have an idea, what these two will be like playing alongside one another. We've all imagined it. We've been talking about it since the, the since free agency over the summer, and now we finally get an opportunity to see what these guys can do and how they can play and be in sync with one another. And it's going to take some time for that as well. But the Clippers have been a different story because they haven't had their full roster the entire season. We saw them with Kawhi Leonard. There was still no Paul George because Paul George had been recovering from the, that double uh, shoulder surgery that he had on the offseason. So he was preparing, getting himself ready and in shape. And then we got we had a point where we saw Paul George against the New Orleans Pelicans just shoot lights out, finish with 30 with 33 points in his debut. And he had his L.A. debut against the Atlanta Hawks. And, my God, that was a beatdown of epic proportion <laughs> as, the, as the Clippers administered that 49-point that beat him down uh, to the Atlanta Hawks. So, and, and he scored 30 in that contest. So, you know, uh, I'm glad that, that now we finally get a chance to see the Clippers play with a full deck there's been a lot of criticism of this team. There's been a lot of unfair criticism of low management when it came to Kawhi Leonard. And then finally the news broke uh, that he had been dealing with a left knee contusion. And so it's more about health than it is just taking games off for no reason. He's trying, He wants to play at a high level. And the thing about Kawhi Leonard is the fact that Kawhi Leonard is a guy that eats and drinks basketball. He, he wants to be the best player on the floor, and he is the best two-way player in the NBA today. Uh, but he wants to be the best. I've seen him in practices. He's, he's given it his all. He works with his team away from the from the uh, from the hardwood as far as watching film, working out, making sure he's getting the proper treatment so he can be effective on the floor. And one thing about Kawhi Leonard, if he's not going to be effective on the floor, he doesn't want to participate. And I can't say I blame him. We often criticize athletes for giving a half-assed effort. But then when we deal with athletes who don't want to give that same type of effort, that want to give a maximum effort, we're quick to criticize them. So to me, it's just mind-boggling. It's ridiculous. Most of these people need to be drug tested that want to question <laughs> Kawhi Leonard's uh, toughness. But we don't ever question the toughness of other players who want to uh, operate under low management, i.e. Russell Westbrook that night when they faced the Clippers and then on the back-to-back -back they had to travel up to Minnesota to face the Timberwolves. And there was some bogus uh, reason why Russell Westbrook could not participate against the Minnesota Timberwolves, which we all know he was well healthy to do. He just didn't want to do it. So nobody said anything about that. But then the minute Kawhi Leonard wants to do it, all hell breaks loose. All hell fire and brimstone has to come to the forefront. It's ridiculous to me. So I expected the Clippers to do well this season. I expect them to finish at least in the top three, if not the top four. It's same with the Lakers. And uh, hopefully we'll be able to see a Western Conference Finals hallway series between the Lakers and the Los Angeles Clippers. Nick Hamilton on the line with Scoopy Radio, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Google Play, TuneIn, App Stitcher, App ScoopBradio.com. Uh, you used the word drug tested. Ironically, uh, Danny Green was drug tested after that dunk that he had the other day. 
Uh, I thought that was pretty amazing. You, you mentioned the hallway series uh, between the Lakers and the Clippers. I know Jalen Rose told me recently that, um, you know, the, the, the Clippers are the, the, the L.A.'s B team and the Nets are New York's uh, B team. And the Nets are playing not good right now uh, with, you know, Kyrie Irving out. Uh, you got KD out for the rest of the season. You got Karis LeBron sitting out. But in L.A. it's competition. The Lakers and the Clippers are uh, what they are built to be. Uh, the Clippers beat the Lakers in the season opener. Um, in your mind, how have both teams grown since that first game uh, that the Clippers won? I think both teams have grown. Well, first of all, the Lakers have finally found an identity. Uh, that, that I think that was their biggest Achilles heel, understanding who they are as a team, uh, what they represent, and I think getting Kyle Kuzma back and for him finally finding a rhythm and a flow where he can kind of be that that third option that the Lakers were so looking forward to, which is why they kept kept him and did not trade him alongside the other Lakers and Brandon Ingram and Lonzo Ball and Josh Hart. Uh, I think they just had to find an identity. I think they had to find themselves individually as well as collectively. And then when they found that, when they turned that corner, they were able to say, okay, you know what? LeBron realized he didn't play with maximum effort against Kawhi Leonard, and I, and I doubt that happens again on Christmas Day or any other contest that they're going to face the Clippers against. Um, but I think Anthony Davis was, was, was relaxed. He, was, he, he played his game instead of trying to play the game that everybody expected him to. Uh, so he fell into the fold. You got Kyle Kuzma back. So I think it's just more identity when it came to the Los Angeles Lakers. When it came to the Clippers, the Clippers knew their identity. They were a defensive-minded team first, offense second. But you didn't have enough firepower because you did not have Paul George. Uh, we were we were wondering what Patrick Patterson was going to do uh, because he was spotty. Uh, Rodney McGruder, uh, we didn't know he he's been spotty. I think he's starting to turn a corner uh, in a bit. So I think they're trying to they're finding their offensive rhythm, uh, especially with the emergence of Paul George coming back. I think that was a huge shot in the arm that the, that the Clippers needed, and it couldn't come at a better time. Uh, when they were dealing with the two-game losing streak. So I think the Clippers found are finding their offensive rhythm, but they understand it is a marathon. It is not a spring the words in the late great Nipsey Hussle. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's a marathon. And I think the Clippers are pacing themselves towards the ultimate brass ring, which is getting to the mountaintop and, ca- and capturing, as, the, as, as they say, the Larry O.B. And that's what they're looking for is Larry O.B. or bust. And that's their mm. that's their mentality as far as the Los Angeles Clippers are concerned. How has Doc Rivers had to adjust uh, from last year to this year? Well, it's simple. I think when you look at guys that have won 48 games and two playoff games against then uh, the NBA champion Golden State Warriors, I think that you have two super, two bona fide superstars coming into the fold. So I think he had to learn how to deal with coaching superstars but not losing himself because – how he was able to cap, uh, capture those two superstars was the way he coached the 48 wins last year with that team of Patrick Beverly, Montrezl Harrell, three-time six-man of the year, Lou Williams, uh, and guys like that. And I think all he had to do was kind of upgrade his coaching style as far as to be able to ingratiate the style of Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. And then also he added something to his coaching staff, which was, a, a juggernaut in Tyron Lue because say what you want about Tyron Lue, but Tyron Lue, those, he's very detailed as far as the X's and O's, as far as defense is concerned. And he had head coaching experience. 
So when you have a guy like that that has head coaching experience, it can only add to you and bolster you up. And to me, getting Ty Lue on that coaching staff is like being on steroids. Um, <laughs> it just it, it made that coaching staff a lot better, more defined, and I think it, it was able they were able to adjust um, getting Kawhi Leonard and Paul George and their style of play and, and merging that with what you have, like I said, in front of you with, you know, uh, Montrezl Harrell, Lou Williams, Patrick Beverly, and those guys. Montrezl Harrell has grown exponentially from Absolutely. last season to this season. Uh, ESPN's Ramona Sharborn told me on the Scopey Radio podcast that the Clippers are the best ticket in town. He told me that during last season. Uh, when you look at uh, Montrezl Harrell, where do you think his biggest growth has been this season as opposed to last I think just the, the, the attention to detail. I think it's his footwork has improved, and I think he's allowing the game to come to him more. I think he's a little bit more patient when he comes to the game. He, at, at times, you've seen a couple times when he's kind of four shots up under the basket trying to make the big play. Uh, but for the most part, I would say that 90% of the time, he's allowed the game to come to him. I think he's comfortable in his skin being in Los Angeles. He doesn't have to have that hanging over his head. Where is he going to be next season? Um, they love him in the locker room. They love each other in that locker room. They definitely love Montrezl Harrell. Doc Rivers can't stop talking about him when he had uh, on Monday night 28-12, and 12, uh, pretty much saved that fourth quarter against the OKC Thunder, along with Paul George's big-time three-pointer coming off the screen. So, I think uh, Montrezl Harrell really sets a tone coming off the bench. I think he gives a spark and an energy to that second unit that is needed, but also a poise and a confidence that is also needed along with guys like Lou Williams, uh, Rodney Magruder, and, and, and guys like that. So, uh, listen, Montrezl Harrell is the guy I sent to the Los Angeles Clippers. Let me just say that I have a tremendous, profound amount of respect for the way he approaches the game, the way he practices. I mean, he's been doing this. I remember I was at a Chick-fil-A near the, the Clippers facility in the off season, and when he walked in and somebody asked him because he had the Clippers, you know, uh, sweatsuit on, and somebody said, hey, Montrez, I'm surprised you're still in town. He said, yeah, man, I'm just – I'm still working, man. I'm getting it in. I'm working. This was in the off season before they knew they were going to officially get Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. Yeah. This is a guy that's dedicated his, his life to the game of basketball outside of being a great community uh, activist and a great father. Um, this is a guy that's dedicated to the game of basketball, and the Clippers couldn't have had a better, amb- a better ambassador to the game uh, than Montrezl Harrell. I mean, what he's brought to the table continues to bring to the table. So I'm just in awe of the guy. Nick Hamilton on the line with Scoopy Radio. Help me understand something. Uh, Vika Zubac uh, played for the Lakers last season, was traded to the Clippers. You're an L.A. expert, and I, 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 it spurred my mind as you were talking. So, I look at his his uh, page of basketball reference. I see his nicknames are Zublock, Zublaka, Big Z, Zoo, Zupak, and Zoo Alcindor. Help me understand something. When somebody plays for the Lakers and then they go to the Clippers, do they get like easy pass? Like are they are they like Tupac? They loved in the East Coast and the West Coast. Is there like an adjustment where people who were Lakers fans and that player was on there have to adjust to be a Clippers fan? How does that work for somebody like Zubac? Oh, no. Laker fans are Laker fans. If you're a Laker and you're in purple and gold, they love you. If you're not in purple and gold, the hell with you. I mean, it's that simple. <laughs> when, you're in, when you're a Clipper fan, and Clipper fans are very dedicated, they're very faithful. When you're in a Clippers uniform, they love you. When you're not in a Clippers uniform, depending on who you are, mm-hmm. um, that's what happens. 
so say you're a superstar, because the only person that really comes to mind you, you, on, on my side of, of the river, you look at the Nets or the Knicks. Stephon Marbury played for the Nets. He played for the Knicks. Um, the only other person I can think of that had that, that duality off the top of my head is like Jason Kidd. He played for the Nets and his prime, and then towards the end, like 2013, he played for the Knicks. So if you're a Staples Center, if you're Zubac and you're Clipper, are you booed by Lakers fans? Yeah, I think some, some fans will boo you just because you're not a Laker. And it's just that simple. Some people will clap and respect Zubac for what he did because they realize it wasn't his call. He got traded. It mm-hmm. wasn't like he left as a free agent or, you know, kicked and screamed that he wanted to be traded to the Clippers or someone, someone else. He was traded, and they, he was traded to the Los Angeles Clippers. And so I think there are people that will respect Zubac's game. I mean, the maturity that he's shown – in the last year, uh, you saw when he had to have, you know, fight for his time back on the court because mm-hmm. he was absolutely, you know, times ridiculously inconsistent. Um, and so he's, he got in the weight room. He's got more confidence. He, he, he worked on his game. And it's completely showed. I mean, he is a different person. You think of defense when you see Zubac. Mm-hmm. You think of guys that are going to say, okay, at least this guy can alter a shot and do it effectively. He can rebound. If you get it, if you feed it into him soon enough, he can score under the basket very well. So uh, Zubak continues to grow. He doesn't get complacent. He doesn't get the big head. He realizes that, hey, man, i got to continue to work to, get, to keep my minutes uh, and, to, and, to, and to make sure I, I'm effective as possible because it's not just about the season for him. It's about the postseason. He wants to be ready and in tip-top shape. And, and focus mentally as well as emotionally to help this Clipper team get the Larry OB in June. Scoopy Radio Online talking with Nick Hamilton. Um, when you look at Patrick Beverly, well, actually, I want to go back to Zubac for a second because he's fascinating to me. He worked out with Kareem Abdul-Jabbar this summer, this past summer, mm-hmm. worked on his post moves. Have you seen that transition manifest itself offensively and in the post? Yeah, absolutely. You, you see his footwork, and that's why, I mean, I hate to be repetitive when I talk about Montrezl Harrell, but you see the footwork. And also, too, you see the confidence in Zubak and in his teammates cheering him on as well. But when you look at the offensive presence, he's not scared to take that shot. He's not scared to go up and bang with the, with the other guys in the league like a Rudy Gobert or like a Carl Anthony Towns or someone of that magnitude where, you, you know, you had a skinnier, leaner, Zubak that had to put on some weight because he was a kid. Now he's getting into his grown man body, so he got it. He, he's doing grown man things. Um, and I think one thing, not just working out with Kareem Abdul-Jabbar on his offensive game, but I think it helped him as a man and as a basketball player just from the mental aspect because I think basketball is something. You know this too, Scooby. Basketball is mental first, physical second. If you can't see yourself doing something, we've heard that from the great Michael Jordan, the GOAT. We've heard it from Kobe Bryant. We've heard it from Kevin Garnett and even LeBron James. Hey, man, if I can't see it, I can't, I'm not going to do it. So I have to envision it before I see it. And I think that's what Zubak is starting to really pick up is that he has to see himself in that moment and then capitalize on the moment once he gets in that moment, if that makes sense. Heck, so, R. Kelly said it, and I believe I can fly. Well, we won't go there. I don't, I don't, uh, but I got you. To that. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. Cool. 
<laughs> but but no, in all seriousness, though, man, you have to envision it. I believe the quote was, "If you have to see yourself doing it, you have to envision it before you actually do it." You got to have vision. vision, you know. Even in the church, uh, you got to have mustard seed faith. Faith without works is dead. Absolutely, absolutely, man. Patrick Beverly was working out on the beach with Tim's over the summer. Was frustrating Russell Westbrook. Do you see him competing later in the season for defensive play? Because right now I feel like Anthony Davis has it. Russell Westbrook. Uh, no, I think those. I think between him and James Harden are going to cancel each other out. Um, I think. No, no, I'll say Patrick Beverly. I'm sorry, Patrick Beverly. I'm, I'm thinking about Russell because you know what he said against Patrick Beverly, which we'll see about that on Friday. Uh, <laughs> but no, I don't think I think Patrick Beverly is comfortable in his skin. I don't see him in that role. I think he's going to be effective. Um, I think Patrick Beverly is probably one of the hardest working guys in the NBA. He's dedicated to the craft. He wants to be the best defender. He wants to be snippy. He wants to be in your grill. He wants to be under your armpit and nipping at your heels. Um, he just wants to be a pest, and he's been brilliant at being one and, and getting you out of trying to get you out your game. And for the most part, he's been successful with the, with the exception of a few superstars that just are just too mentally tough for that. But they do have a difficult time trying to shoot the basketball or get to the basketball enough to uh, make a shot. So I applaud Patrick Beverly. I think he's tough as nails. Um, he, he plays with a chip on his shoulder, and rightfully so. I mean, they told him he was too small. They told him he wouldn't be drafted. They told him he wouldn't – all these no's that they told him he would be receiving, and he flipped them all into yeses, along with something else he flipped to his competition. Uh, <laughs> so he's definitely proven himself. He could either prove himself. And the one thing about Patrick Beverly's mentality is he feels like every game he has something to prove. He has to go out and prove himself again. No matter what he did the previous game, he goes out and proves himself again each and every game, like nothing, like the previous game never even happened. Um, yeah. So he definitely takes full opportunity and full advantage of his uh, time on the floor. Why do Lakers fans give to Kentavious Caldwell Pope such a hard time? Because the guy's ridiculously inconsistent and he stinks most of the time. That's why. I've been one of them. <laughs> KCP okay. has been KCP has stolen seventeen point seven five million dollars from the Lakers. He should be paying the Lakers to play, not the other way around. But as of late, the last three games, he's actually no longer been a part of the Milk Carton All Stars. And this is the same guy that has finally showed up. And when he started a streak, he's been three straight games. He's actually played extremely well, whether it's be shooting the basketball, distributing the basketball, uh, or shooting it from behind the arc. He's been actually he's been actually good and been a contributing factor. So we'll see what he does on Thursday night against the OKC Thunder in Oklahoma City, a, a very loud place. But it was so bad where his teammates had to rally around him because the fans were like, "Look, dude, you're trash," in which he was absolute hot garbage and trash. What do you like about Nick Caruso? Alex Caruso is a guy that. Thank is, you, Alex Caruso. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Alex Caruso is a guy that just doesn't care. He lets it fly. He has nothing to lose and everything to gain. And when you have a guy like that who loves to play the game of basketball, as we, as we call him, the ball mamba, um, he just has fun out there. He lets it fly. He lets it rip. Uh, but he's effective 
with the basketball, make no mistake about the boy can flat out ball. Uh, and he's taking full advantage of his minutes that Frank Vogel gives him. Uh, he's a contributing factor, especially with the second unit. Uh, I think they're starting to really gel and figure each other out, as I said earlier, about the, the starters and the rest of the, the team as a whole. So I love watching Alex Caruso uh, fly up and down the floor, man. He's fun to watch. He's getting a lot of fans now. Fans are jumping on it, jumping on his team, uh, supporting him. You hear a huge round of, of applause when he gets announced coming onto the floor from the bench. Uh, people love Alex Caruso, man. What's been the biggest surprise in uh, Dwight Howard's uh, cohesion within the Lakers uh, system? Uh, I think the biggest surprise has been his mentality, his maturity level, because as we saw back in 2012, you know, he didn't leave a great taste in the, in, the, in the organization's mouth as well as the mouths of the Laker fans, and so people never forgot that. Uh, now I think he's on a redemption tour, as it were. I think he's trying to prove himself to say, hey, I've matured. I'm taking full advantage of my second chance with this organization and with this team. And he's definitely uh, been leaps and bounds above what we've expected him to be. There's still some skeptics out there, and you're going to have them. That's just life in general. But I'm pulling for him. I was happy when they announced that he was coming back. I was willing to give him an open an open opportunity. And I was glad to see on Sunday night against the Hawks when you had Kobe Bryant sitting courtside that he kind of gave him daff and, and kind of hugged him and, you know, said, hey, man, let's let's show the world that bygones can be bygones. And I think, you know, he fed off that energy, and, and he continues to feed off that energy from his teammates. You know, he's willing to do whatever it takes. He doesn't have an a egotistical bone in his body. At least he's not showing that. And he wants this team to win. He's saying, look, man, this championship will bust. I got to get me a ring. I want to help this team get a ring. So this is what I'm willing to do and willing not to do. Hey, Nick, I got a personal Scoopy Radio on the line with Nick Hamilton, my man in L.A., talking everything sports, Lakers, Clippers. He's your guy. Uh, did you know that in 2020, Cinco de Mayo, is on a Taco Tuesday. Taco Tuesday. <laughs> if you had to do a blend of your top five Lakers and Clippers players of all time, so you have to pick, you have to create the top five of Clippers and Lakers players to have Ooh. a Taco Tuesday party with, and you have to pick a coach. Who would they be and why? Oh, man, so I only picked five players total, right? Yes. All right, first of all, Kobe Bryant. Okay. Two, Shaquille O'Neal. Okay. Because he loves to have fun. Mm-hmm. Clipper uh, players, Paul George. Okay. Danny Manning. That's four. Mm-hmm. And let's see, a fifth one. Ooh, that's a good one. Who would be the fifth one? Hmm. Who would be the fifth one? Lou Williams. Because Lou know how to party. We all know how Lou used to get down back in the day. Lou know how to party. So I got to rock with Lou Williams. Mm-hmm. Right. Who's your coach? It's got to be a Lakers or a Clippers coach all time. Phil Jackson. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> Phil Jackson, man, off top. Phil Jackson knows how to go to Wyoming and do his thing on the low, but he knows how to party. Word. It's all California love. Word, word. 
Scoopy Radio and Live Talk with Nick Hamilton. What is something that you have found interesting in the NBA that does not include the Lakers or the Clippers? Luka Doncic. Okay. I think Luka has really emerged as a second-year player. I think he's really, really come on strong. I like the way he's approached the game. He doesn't get the big head, even though everybody's blowing him up and blowing smoke up his behind. But it's legitimate. It's not like we're trying to hype this dude up like Alonzo Ball, uh, dare I say. Um, this guy's legit. He proves it every night. I mean, we, the, the, one of the greatest games we saw thus far this season was the Lakers-Mavericks game in Dallas with an overtime and watching LeBron and Luka go back and forth. That was right. like a heavyweight championship bout. Uh, I love watching Luka Doncic. I love watching, you know, Trey Young as well. I think Trey Young is a stud. I think if you put some more pieces around him alongside Cam Reddish and, you know, put some more pieces around him, I think Trey Young is going to emerge as a, as a star in this league at some point. Uh, but those are the two guys I've been watching and looking at. Um, other than that, I think the surprise team that, that people are going to really have to pay attention to and they're not really giving their props to are the Utah Jazz. Uh, Mike Conley Jr., Spider Mitchell, and those, and Rudy Gobert and those boys, they're going to be dangerous. They're going to be sneaky dangerous because nobody's going to really take them 100% serious because everybody's focusing on the Lakers and the Clippers uh, and, and the Sixers out east along with the Bucks. So Utah kind of gets lost in the mix when it comes to the topics of conversation. But they're going to be sneaky, sneaky good, um, and they may trip you up. So you've got to be aware of the Utah Jazz, especially when you play them in Utah. Yeah, man, you 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 definitely nailed on the head. Do you think? Um, what do you think about John Morant as the rookie of the year? Oh, he's definitely my rookie of the year. But I said that. Let me be very very clear when I say this. Uh oh. I picked John Morant to be rookie of the year before Zion Williamson uh, went down with that unfortunate injury, and so. I said he's going to have a better career than Zion Williamson. I think Zion is the phenom, and I do think that Zion can play. Don't get it. Don't get me wrong. However, as far as longevity, as far as agility, and being a natural-born leader, I think John Morant is everything the NBA has hoped a rookie would be, and a young man that can develop into a grown man would be. And I think that the NBA is very, very fortunate and lucky to have a player of John Morant's magnitude, if he continues to grow, and, again, you put some valuable pieces around him, or he moves on to a better contending team, then you got something special. And that kid is special. So yeah. I, I love John Morant. I picked him as my rookie of the year. God forbid he doesn't have any type of serious injury where he misses games. Hopefully he can play with a healthy season and just showcase to the world of his dynamic skill set. All right, here's my last question for you. I listened to you talk about the Lakers. I listened to you talk about the Clippers. I can detect a bias. However, when it's not at all, you sure? Not at all. No, not at all. I'm still I'm still for the West Coast all day because I'm born and raised in LA, so I'm still always West Coast all day long. But I can I, I can be objective when I need to be, and trust me. Win, lose, or draw, I would love for the Lakers and the Clippers to do well. But, hey, if somebody falls short, that's just the way the ball bounces. When it's all said and done, if you were to judge the team's birth both off of their performances so far in the early part of the season, who would be your favorite in the Western Conference? Who would be your favorite as representing the Western Conference in the finals today? 
I mean, if we're looking at it right now, in this moment, it would have to be the Lakers. Any, anybody with half a brain would, would have to pick the Lakers, especially the way they've played, the way they perform. They're the best team in the, in the league for a reason. Uh, but, uh, but, again, as I said earlier, this is a marathon. Mm-hmm. But to answer your question, or if we're going to pick right now, right now, I would have right to now. go with the Los Angeles Lakers off top. Um, yeah, I think you're right. And I think the Paul George, uh, the Kawhi Leonard situation to me, uh, I really, really am excited to see those guys on Friday, uh, get a chance to actually blend together. Uh, they're, 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 we're literally taking the Barbers Clippers and going one against the grain with both Kawhi and Paul George to see what they both can do together. This is our first chance to actually see that. To me, that's exciting. Oh, it is absolutely exciting, but let's let's keep it in perspective. Let's give it some time to develop. Sure. We'll always be living in a microwave society where we think, oh, man, see, oh, I don't know if this is going to work because they really didn't have a great game together tonight. Dude, it's a long season. Have a tall glass and shut the hell up and relax. <laughs> it is a long season, bro. It is going to happen. They just have to find a rhythm. Once they find a rhythm, they will be just fine. Trust me when I tell you that. It takes mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. It may not be as much time, but it's going to take some time. And when they, uh, trust me, when they come together like a one-two punch, you don't want you don't want no parts of that fade. No, 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 sir. That's all the questions I have for you. You off the hot seat. Well, thank you so much, sir. I appreciate it. Of course. Actually, you know what? Before we go, there's one person we did talk about, <laughs> Jamal Crawford. Last question for real. What team would you like to see him go to? Uh, there were three teams I would love to see Jamal go to because I think he can have an immediate impact, especially in the second unit. He He's really a coach on the floor. Mm-hmm. People don't understand that. I think people look more at his age than his ability, and the boy can ball like he's 29. I don't give a damn if he's 39 or 38 or 49. The, the the brother balls like he's 29. This is a man that eats, drinks, sleeps, breathes, imagines basketball. <laughs> he is basketball. If he were if he were a transformer, he would transform into a basketball. That's how that's how much Jamal Crawford is in, is entrenched in basketball. I would love to see him go to either the Clippers, the Sixers, or dare I say, the Utah Jazz. Utah's not a bad look. No, it's not. That's what I'm saying. I mean, the Clippers, you can't go wrong because he's familiar. He wants it. L.A. is a great place to be, by the way. I don't damn what nobody has to say. Everybody mm-hmm. wants to come to L.A. But it's to visit, live. I wish half you people that decide to live here and go back because the traffic is too damn bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway, I think he, he, would be, he would fit well with the Clippers. I think he would fit well with the Sixers and what they're trying to accomplish. Um, I think he would uh, be an asset to the Utah Jazz with Spider Mitchell and Mike Conley Jr. and Rudy Gobert and those guys. So uh, I think he can he can be a, a great fit at a lot of other NBA teams as well. I mean, he can be any NBA team he goes to. He's he's a he's an asset to any NBA team he goes to. So I'm really hoping that somebody has the cojones and the balls enough. To give this man an opportunity. I mean, they treating this dude like he Kaepernick. Mm. I'm like, damn. What did Jamal Crawford do to anybody? 
Jamal Crawford is a is a is a is a model citizen. Like, what did he do? Because there's no excuse why he's not in the league. Yeah. There's no excuse. Like this man deserves to be on an NBA roster. His last game, Scoop, you know this. The man dropped fifty in his mm-hmm. last game. Mm-hmm. That goes to show you the boy can still ball. We saw him at the Seattle Pro Am, which he does a great job with every single year in the off season. The man can still ball. Give this man a damn job. Stop it. <laughs> Well, you gave me my headline for my article. Get this man a damn job. Scoopy Radio on the live of my man Dick Hamilton talk about everything sports. Brother, you're off the hot seat for real this time. Oh, man, thank you, man. I'm starting to sweat like T.D. Jakes in a suit, man. So oh, I'm getting a little no, higher from here. Are we, are we really doing this today? <laughs> <laughs> All day and twice on Sunday. Uh, All right, man. I'm going to talk to you later. Thank you for your time, hey, brother. Hey, man, thank you so much, man. I appreciate the opportunity, brother. And, you know, you always welcome on the morning after any time, man. Yes, sir. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello? Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.